0: Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Women in Power. I'll let my guest introduce herself.
1: Hi, my name is Ravisha. I currently work in pharmaceuticals and I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited for you to be here too. Yeah. So let's just start off like, what was like your childhood like growing up?
1: So my childhood was pretty different from the regular Indian, Asian kids generally. Um, my parents lived in Devon, so mm-hmm. that's pretty much in the, like, out back to the uk yeah um so i actually grew up being the only indian kid in my school which was interesting although we had a lot of cantonese and like chinese people but um yeah so not a lot of people could relate to me Mm -hmm. and i couldn't quite relate to them so it was really different to be fair um you had to kind of find the balance of you know figuring out where you fitted in you had different rules to all your friends because mm. you know I'm sure a lot of Asian kids out there or Indian kids will be like oh my god I know exactly what she's on about Um, where you know it was one rule for all your friends and your parents were very strict or you know didn't want you to go out the way they did and stuff like that so um, pretty much I think have you ever seen the Show never have I ever. Yes,
0: I have. I love those yeah. shows.
1: that show. Yeah, that is pretty much what my school was okay, like. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Was like, I see. Yeah, okay. So relatable, but yeah, that's pretty
0: much what it was. Interesting, because obviously you live with me, and when you said that you were from Devon, I was like, wow, that's like it's one, it's far away, and two, like I just wouldn't, I would have thought you were just from London to be honest. So, yeah, most people say I don't have the
1: accent. Yeah, you don't
0: have the accent. Yeah. So I've got too far. I've got another friend who's from Devon, but she originally is from like up i think up near birmingham she doesn't have an accent either but it's interesting that you just don't yeah have an accent because you were there for like how long were you there when you oh
1: god since i was born so I literally um pretty much been there till i was 18 and came here yeah.
0: for uni see i'm surprised you don't have an accent yeah. i think it's just i didn't pick
1: up one mm. my brother on the other hand picked up a birmingham
0: accent. oh interesting yeah okay yeah. that's really interesting that's different yeah. very very interesting Um, so did anyone, like, influence you or inspire you, like, from your childhood?
1: Uh, hmm. I wouldn't say anyone influenced me, um, in my childhood, to be fair. Mm -hmm. Like, generally, the people around me, you know, back in the 90s, I don't think you really had exposure to people that could influence you, you know? Um, you had celebrities and people on TV, but no, I didn't really, um... It was more of just, you know, you go to school, you make your friends, follow, mm. follow the rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, well, I got more influence when I, like, got older and kind of found myself, mm-hmm. which I think is a better way to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, always admire whoever you admire, but, yeah, as you go through, like, your life and stuff, you always change and adapt and kind of really found myself more when I left home. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. So what was school life and like your journey at school like I mean we could talk about primary school or like secondary we could talk about both really. Oh wow, uh
1: now you're trying to wreck my memory. Um, like I said, it was different to what most kids might experience that are Indian Um, and kinda just went with the flow of school and what surprises most people they're like, Oh, if you were the only person there did
0: you experience racism and
1: things like that? Mm. And I'm like, actually, no. Interesting. Like, even though I was the only Indian in my school, mm-hmm. none of my friends or people I knew were racist. Um, in fact, I probably got more racism coming up to London than I did in Devon, That's which is quite mm, interesting.
0: That's really. I think when you, I remember you saying that to my mum, and I think mum told me I was like, "That's so surprising," because when you when you look at London, you think it's very multicultural. I mean, you do obviously going to get racism anywhere in the UK or anywhere in the world. But like I'm very surprised that you didn't you got more in London than you did compared to like living in Devon. Yeah, I think
1: you know what, on the whole, like they weren't in that mind frame. Mm-hmm. Or the people I met. Maybe we were lucky, I don't mm, know. Yeah. Um maybe I was too young to notice back then. But genuinely like I had good friends, good people around me, um Racism wasn't a thing. My school was, um, like I said, there were, you know, Asians, Cantonese, Chinese people. Yeah. People from other backgrounds. um, And I I don't remember it being a thing at school at all. Apart from maybe when 9-11 happened. Yeah. There was one little kid who just made a comment. And again, it was dealt with very swiftly. Mm -hmm. Um, I ignored it. And I didn't even, you know, when you're just like, you don't really pay attention sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But my friends were good, so they highlighted it and it was dealt with. It was like, look, that's not tolerated and
0: end off And then it was dealt with. That's really good yeah. that your schools and your friends had, like, your support and, you know, had your back. I think that's really good.
1: Yeah, and I think that's pretty much what, you know, it's kind of like there. Mm. Um,
0: yeah. Did you like school? Did you like learning? Did you like education? Uh, yeah, I, I was
1: one of those kids that, I never ended up excelling at anything. Yeah. But I was good at everything. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. So I was dabbling in sports. Yeah. And I was really creative. Creativity is my forte. Um that naturally would come to me. I was the kid who was taking notes and doodles on my page and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That followed me throughout adulthood as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed science. Science was mainly my um favorite subject particularly
0: chemistry I think that was down to the teacher though mm-hmm. definitely think teachers make a big oh, 100%, difference in your I agree. education yeah mm, they do yeah. 100% um so like what was university like so tell me about your experience like, as a student um you went to uni in near London was it I can't remember what uni you we went to but moving away from home like all my guests always like talk to them about uni because it's like you're you're still quite young like moving away from home and if you do move away from home I like the whole, le- it's like the next level of independence, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah. Um, I was excited, if I'm honest. I wanted to get out of Devon. It was quiet. Um, and my cousins and family were up in London, mm-hmm. Cardiff, all these types of different cities. So you kind of went back and forth in the holidays, and, you know, you got to know the other areas. So I was excited. Um, however, the culture shock... mm was huge like I don't think I expected it yeah um it was quite funny really it was just like uh you turned up and the fitting in and stuff was like any other person it was like okay your parents gonna leave you your first thoughts are like okay this is all strange and you know what are you gonna do Mm. luckily um and I'm still friends with her now the girl opposite me we bumped into each other day one yeah And, um, yeah, we had each other, so it was like, even our parents were chit-chatting in the hallway, so that made it easier. But I think for me, it was the culture shock of, I came from a place where I was the minority. Yeah. And suddenly, it was the majority. Mm. And there were weird expectations and things that I didn't realise, of, you know, who you hung out with. Mm -hmm. And groups were made very quickly. People stuck to their own niche and you know their own like background mm-hmm. etc yeah and there i am going oh yeah i'm gonna hang out with everyone yeah <laughs> like this is like where i've come from like though i didn't know any different so um yeah some of the expectations from people in my own culture that was a burning curve interesting yeah
0: so it was like having a shock from people in your own your own culture and how they like interesting
1: hmm. yeah it, they, they had expectations, and I didn't fit them. I never did.
0: Yeah. I've never fit the box. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I think as a kid, I, I used to not quite realise it, and as I've, grown, as I've grown older, I'm like, okay, I don't fit the box, it's fine. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uni, it was like this underlying expectation, I was the one who pretty much didn't really know of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ended up accidentally, you know, Annoying someone, pissing someone off, people wondering why I'm hanging out with so-and-so, etc, etc. Or the university drama you can get in your first yeah. year. And um, yeah, it was really, well, it was fine. It made me who I am today.
0: Did you care that you didn't meet those expectations, So, Did you care, like, yeah. a little bit? That's good.
1: People thought I cared. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my first main friends were white. Mm-hmm. We're still best friends now. Um, my second lot of friends I made mainly in second year. Yeah. Um, I was very much... I don't really get attached. Yeah. I like you, I like you. I'll never be rude to anyone. But, um, you know, it it is what it is. I attract people, I've noticed. Mm. So, uh, yeah, my first year was people thought we were friends. So I didn't quite see the same. And I just moved on. I, I don't like drama. Yeah. So um, whenever there was drama, I would just cut myself out. And then later on, people be like,
0: oh, she's not bothered. I think that's, that's the best way, way to is. be. is not, not care about drama. Like, who actually likes drama? You know. Yeah, and I think I
1: get that from my parents. Mm-hmm. My parents don't really entertain it. Yeah, I think
0: They're that's good. Um, I don't know if I asked you, but what did you actually study? Like at university, did you like your subject? And things. I hated my subject. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> um, I picked biomedical. Well, no.
1: I wanted to pick biochemical engineering. That quickly turned into biochemistry, which yep. I was naturally good at. So, like I said before, chemistry was my favourite. I could do biochemistry. And then one of the modules was a pure maths module. And I cannot, for the life of me, do maths. Mm. It's like, just doesn't... You know, like you, with maths, you you the... Know it or you don't. You don't yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and uh yeah, that ended up in like funnily enough. I used to go out on a Thursday. That was the night to go out. Yeah. And I used to have a nine to five practical on a Friday, so I'd go out, drink up, absolutely hanging the next day, which was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, turn up to this practical, finish in a couple of hours, and I'll be getting like 80, 90% just passing. Because yeah, it was yeah. practical, I can apply. That's fine. And the teacher there, or the lecturer there, was like, you need to just do maths. We can give you a tutor. We can do this. They, tr- they tried everything. And um, so, yeah, I just hated it. And then I just switched to biomed. So I didn't have to do the maths module. Mm-hmm. Not that I would ever need it for my job, though.
0: Yeah. Fair. That's what I didn't
1: get. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I find that a lot in university.
0: Yeah, you... Yeah. Interesting. So what was it like graduating and then obviously applying for grad jobs? Did you struggle, like... Finding grad jobs or
1: so, um, you know, I wasn't like I said, I, I'm, I'd am I'm. never exceeded in anything mm-hmm. where I was like, you know, full of really good at something, yeah. So I was average, I wanted to stay in London, mm. and I remember having that conversation with my dad, going, I want to stay in London, mm-hmm. I had a boyfriend at the time, and my friends were here like my life was here right and they're all in london yeah. doing their thing so i was like i don't want to come home and that i think i was the first kid in my family that never went home after okay. uni wow okay and my dad was like okay well two things you're obviously gonna have to find a place to live
0: and couldn't afford rent mm.
1: um, so i was gonna
0: say like rent and stuff
1: yeah rent and stuff and then secondly was well, you're going to have to get a job. And at this point, it had to be any job. Mm. So luckily, being Indian, friends and family, they're yep. always there to help. Mm. Can't default that at all. Um, so I lived with my cousin. Yeah. Um, paid a bit of rent. Uh, got myself on the dole for a month. Mm-hmm. Just to cover a little bit of expenses. Of my course. dad was like, do it. You're going to pay taxes anyway. Mm. And then, well, it took about four weeks to find my first job. Which was in a call center
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you like it? Hated it. <laughs> was it like your typical call centre? Like
1: Typical call centre. Um, got recommended through a friend because I needed the job. So I took it. Had to jump on the bus every morning, really early hours. Winter, it was cold. You're walking. Didn't know how to drive then. Yeah. Um, and then it was shifts as well. So late at night, it was just long, getting oh. the bus home. mm mm-hmm uh but you do what you do wanted to stay so i stayed and then uh started looking for other jobs got into a lab-based job Mm -hmm. because that went that was you know that's what you do Mm -hmm. go to uni get your degree get a job that relates to your degree (laughs) yeah (laughs) didn't really like that job either um it was very boring became mundane I've realized that my brain works in multiple ways and if I'm sitting with idle hands mm. I wanna find something to do, fix something, change something, give
0: yeah. it entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So then I stumbled into pharma pseudocals.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That actually leads me to my next question, like what you're what are you currently doing now?
1: Well, currently I'm in between jobs. <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> you are yes
1: i am yeah um yeah so currently I well going to pharma as i just said and mm-hmm. then um highly played cleaner that was, you know what i don't believe in those people who uh you know they you know seem like they know what they're doing in life yeah they have a plan nobody has a plan
0: no no one i feel like people do but then it just doesn't really work like it doesn't go exact nothing goes exactly to plan you know yeah.
1: People might have a vision. I mean, people who want to be doctors and, you know,
0: those yeah. lawyers
1: and those professions, I think they have a plan. Yeah. Most other people, I would say, stumble until they find something. And I think it's good. Yeah, I think so. I think if you try and stick it yourself in a box, you don't actually find out what you're good at.
0: I think it just comes to you. What's for you will come to you. That's what I always say.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, I started to train people in pharma was good at it that very quickly led on to um the production i think it was production manager at the time
0: yeah
1: um going oh we're expanding and we need someone to train all the people that are coming in i was very naive at this point in terms of scale
0: mm-hmm. of the job yeah. i wanted
1: to move out of shift work so the only thing i thought at the time was Yeah, great. That job is a nine to five Mm -hmm. and it will be easier than doing the stuff I'm doing here because again, not that, you know, I didn't enjoy it. I learned the job at hand very quickly Mm. and I was twiddling my thumbs. So I found this role and I went, okay, yeah, sure. No idea the scale he was expecting wow and it was just like i went from a little department doing training folders (laughs) and all of a sudden i was inducting 20 odd people a week wow that's
0: that's amazing
1: yeah yeah i would like to say i knew what i was doing but you know what now i can admit i completely winged it (laughs) we had no systems at Mm -hmm. that point so it was very much trial and error, and then going back, I had re- I had two very good managers though, and um, it was going back and forth going, okay, today we had this problem, this is how I want to fix it, mm-hmm. because it saved this much time, and then we'd sort that out, and then eventually realised that I've created a role within the company, and that it was a need, yeah. so then they created multiple roles similar to mine, with me leading the way, um, it was funny. The first, you know what, actually this doesn't look quite good. The, like The first activity I had to do, um, I've been in pharma for about two years at this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they were doing mass training for the site.
0: Yeah, They brought in these
1: contractors and then they decided that, okay, they well, they need to be people within the company who can train this across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my boss, being the way he was, he was very much, go swim. Mm. And if you need me i'll throw you the rubber ducky to help you float type person i was like okay cool got in this room bunch of like there's 15 of us two people who are training us up and they went around the room you know you introduce yourself and there's like 15 years of experience 14 years in pharma yeah. 20 whatever you wanted like high numbers double figures wow. comes to me and I'm like hi um i'm ravi really sheepishly just going i have been here for Two years, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> and they all just looked at me, <laughs> waiting for me to say something
0: else. I was like, I, I have nothing else nothing to else say. Nothing else to say. Oh, bless you. That's so yeah. sweet. Yeah. Talk about throwing me in the deep, deep end. end. But then yeah. I feel like sometimes you have to, like, just be chucked in the deep end, just to, like, you know, tell her how to swim, I guess. I don't, you know, that, that, that kind of saying. I think it just kind of helps. I think it helps with confidence to be chucked in the deep end.
1: Yeah. Well, it... You know what? I feel like you have to try. Mm -hmm. If you try and fail, you'll learn
0: more. 100%.
1: Than if you try and it goes really well. Yeah. And I would say my training career has been a lot of trial and error and learning from my mistakes. Equally, if you don't learn from your mistakes, it never moves forward either. So definitely that led into my current role. So I'm leading at the site now um, with new challenges. And now twenty twenty four brings another new challenge.
0: Which is great. New like a new chapter in your career I think that's amazing. Yeah. So Yeah. It's good. Very, very good. It's exciting, twenty twenty four. It's around the corner and it looks very exciting. Yeah. Lots um, of things going on. Yeah, lots of things. Um so how do you balance like your career, personal life, you know, like, how do you balance that all? How does anyone that's a <laughs> question.
1: How does so anyone like, how does anyone do it? <laughs> <anyone, yeah. laughs>
0: uh,
1: I guess I've learnt to put my time first. Yeah. So if it's not benefiting me and people might say that's selfish, but um yeah, if it's not benefiting me or bringing me some sort of joy or happiness, um, even with my career, everything I do, even the extra hours, there's a benefit somewhere try and make sure that i'm not just you know working myself with bone without achieving something that i need to in return mm. yeah um and i i have these open conversations as well with all my bosses so mm-hmm. when they've asked oh can you stay on and things like that it's like okay but you know um can we negotiate this and can we make sure that i'm not gonna burn myself out etc. Yeah. but that comes with practice mm-hmm. i never knew how to do it i think i've managed to figure that in the last couple of years that okay well i know where i want to go in my career i know what i want to do mm. therefore i should actually request like you know the what's in it for me
0: yeah no of course you i know. think it's always as much as yeah we everyone has you know we work for someone or if you work for yourself it's different but if you work for a company like do the best you can you know you get paid but always Put yourself first before anything because you don't want to burn out. You don't want it to affect your mental health. Do you know what I mean? All of those things. Like that's what I've learnt this year to be honest with you. A lot about my mental health. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and
1: it's important. Mm,
0: so important. so, think so
1: important. we think yeah, we say okay, you know, do the grind, do the hard mm. work and stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, the clock's ticking. Yeah. So you got to do a good balance.
0: Exactly.
1: And it's important. I think I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, actually. Yeah. And the guy on there um, said, you know, like, you got to schedule the stuff that you want to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: as much as you schedule the stuff that you have to do.
0: Mm. Interesting.
1: Yeah, and it stuck with me. and um, It stuck with me for quite a while. I was thinking about it for I don't know, the last couple of weeks. I was like, yeah, actually, that'll be something I'll take forward. Yeah and try and do better but
0: yeah Hmm.
1: I do I do have every other week is my self-care Sunday no
0: one interrupts it Mm -hmm. nothing it's so important I think it's so so important actually to be honest to to just have at least a day a week self-care like whatever you want to do I think it's just so important to just look after yourself
1: Yeah, and it doesn't have to be, like, lazing around and watching Netflix and stuff like that. It could literally be, like, doing something you love,
0: Mm
1: you know, something that
0: That keeps you
1: Mm. up and going and enjoy, yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, um, these are getting more intense. I'm just going to let the listeners know this as well. Um, so how do you experience resistance when you're leading men and how do you deal with it? Um. If you have, you know, if you have done in your <laughs> career the way you've led men. Like men. This is this is no, nothing against men or anything, but obviously this, this whole podcast is about uplifting women. So yeah.
1: Hmm. I mean, we've, we've spoken about it many times when I've come home, hasn't it? It's yes. been a hard day and you're just kind of like exhausted. Mm-hmm. I think... You know what, um, when I was younger and I say younger but literally probably in my late 20s. Yeah. When I had to, um, you know, really start leading men I suppose. Um, yeah, it's hard. It is hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't sugarcoat anything, anyway, yeah. as you know. Um, my industry is definitely more male dominated and especially when i was in my 20s and quite new in the role of training i struggled
0: mm.
1: when i was younger um than most of the men i was trying to change
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um, and two that men didn't really respond well at the beginning mm. i find that on the whole, though, if you kind of speak to them on a level instead of being defensive, yeah, it works.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've had, you know, like I said, my team management very supportive. One of my um, experiences, which you'll probably find absolutely horrific, but um, I had to go into a new department, and I'd managed to stabilise one. So, like, okay, right, we're gonna we're gonna go to the do the fourth one. And I think they left the hardest, the yeah. most strong-headed male males to last yes. for good reason.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So my boss at the time decided, okay, right, you're going to go and uh, speak to so and so, and tell them, you know, they have to change their training and everything to the new systems that we've implemented elsewhere because they were better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I went. My happy-go-lucky self mm-hmm. approached it with, okay, I'll be really sweet and kind, mm-hmm. thinking that seems to work yeah and i got obliterated wow it was pretty much f off out of here who the hell are you to come and tell us what we're doing yeah 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 and i remember walking out and i remember having tears
0: oh no i
1: went back to my manager and i was like it didn't go well and he goes okay but you know it's it's expected it's fine let's mm. um talk about it you know brush yourself off yeah went for a coffee and he gave me some advice and said okay now this time you're gonna name drop me as in himself um and we'll go again i was like okay cool um so what tomorrow and he's like no no, no today wow so and he goes Do you, he goes there's two choices and i think at that point i had to make that choice and he was like you can leave it till tomorrow but right now it's it's that power struggle right mm. which i didn't realize a bit i was a bit naive but mm. he highlighted. he said it's the power struggle they think they can push you away and you'll go yeah maybe it was because i was a woman i don't know mm. but he was very much so right now you have to go back and make the choice to be like no there's a job to be done professionally yeah it's not me just coming here because i feel like it the director has asked for it the management has asked for it you must do it mm-hmm. so I was like okay so you know got myself ready had a second cup of coffee <laughs> and off I went <laughs> as part was pounding oh. and yeah no it didn't go well at all
0: <laughs> oh gosh yeah
1: and then, then there was a flood of tears again um and I went back. up and going, it didn't go well it it epically failed and he was like okay I think that's enough for today, you can go
0: home.
1: Mm-hmm. So he sent me home. God forbid, guess what, I came on my period a couple of days later. Oh. So I think the tears were for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, went home, and then the third day, next day even, um, in the morning, went to his office and said, OK, I feel better. He checked how I was, how I was feeling mentally. And he goes, right, you're going to go back today, first thing. Mm-hmm. they have their meeting, they'll all be in the office, and you're going to turn up. And I don't know what happened between the time I went home and the next morning when I went back in. Yeah. But yes, they were a bit disgruntled. But they just fell in line. Yeah. Mm. And I think at that point I realised that, yeah, whatever was happening, it was more of the, I'm not going anywhere and you must listen.
0: Listen, yeah.
1: And since that moment, every single time I've had to lead or deal with men, I've done the same tactic. Mm -hmm. It's go in, be nice about it, go again. And there's not been any tears since. (laughs) Go again and be nice about Mm. it. And then the second time it's escalate and then go, no, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. We are going to
0: do this. Do this, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And when that switch flicks in their head to go a no she means business and she's not going anywhere anywhere.
0: um
1: it it works a lot better Mm -hmm. and so i met some engineers and i thought oh wow this is a different game of fish but yeah you just kind of go with it go with it yeah Mm -hmm. and it's trial and error i i'm not one of those people who hate men yeah yeah you know you get like i'm not an extreme like people are people
0: Mm
1: -hmm. genuinely you just go find out what makes them tick Mm -hmm. same with men yeah, um, again, I wouldn't say we don't have it hard. We have it really hard as women, mm-hmm. but that's how I generally do it. Find out what makes them tick, and then persistence.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Being called many things, but hey, it works. <laughs> hey ho! It's one of the, you know. Oh gosh, yeah. It's hard. It is. It is. I feel like I've worked with men
1: you worked um, in like finance right yeah. yeah yeah
0: I mean how was that they when I first started they made it such a conscious effort that they were never offending me or if i not offending me in the sense of them saying inappropriate things just in a finance office very sales like calling up you know you want to get your trades in and stuff like that like a lot of swearing and I think they don't want to offend me in the sense of they're swearing too much mate it's totally fine I, I swear like it's cool yeah um, got on with I got on with a handful of them. Some of them not so much, but I think the same with you. I just found a I I it sounds weird, but I found a soft spot for like a lot of them, and then like I helped a lot. I helped them a lot, meant like with their mental health, and I think I saw a lot of things that maybe not everyone really sees. Like I tried, I did. Obviously, I was a marketing manager there, did that, and then I did a bit more. Like I I did a lot of staff events, little little things for them that like put a smile on their face. Like I remember there was a few times I would put, like, chocolates on their desks. I think mm-hmm. one of the guys was like, oh, that's really made my morning. And it's, like, little things like that that's going to, you yeah. know, uplift them for the day.
1: It's funny you say that because um, recently I was, um, for the last six or seven months, I had to work with the engineering mm-hmm. department at my workplace. All men. Yeah. A couple of girls, mm-hmm. but, um few women and stuff. But generally, majority, I'd say 99%. Male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I found it was the little stuff. So I had to take the biscuits. Mm. And I think they, I think a few of them clocked. They're like, every time I now gave a biscuit, they were like, you want something? And it was <laughs> like, no, 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 just have the biscuit. But maybe later on in the week, I need something. Top seat from you, yeah. But they responded really well to the sensitive side more than... The headstrong side, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that they didn't respect the headstrong side when stuff had to get done, they knew I meant business, yeah. But um, a lot of them actually preferred that you cared. You know, a couple of guys said, You know what, with you, Ravisha, we can tell that you care with what you're doing, so therefore, they wanted to care,
0: mm.
1: and I think that's something. We as women have been told to go completely opposite to in the workplace. Yeah, it's like, no, you can't get anything done unless you are the boss, bitch, Mm. and you have to be headstrong because these male guys have got you know a level up on us, which is true, but let's use our strengths,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know. And that actually goes back to one of your Mm. questions. Um, I admire, is it? She's the president in New Zealand.
0: Yes, and yeah. I can't, remember her, I can't name. remember her name. I think she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Mm. And
1: she had like a speech on actually, you know, people generally think that to be in power, you need to be this headstrong person and all these like really mm. like hard hitting things. And she's like much more softer.
0: Mm. And she's doing well. She's doing so well. She's doing
1: so well, right? And, yeah, people might judge her on it because she's doing well, I feel. Maybe, but, yeah. Yeah, I think I've learned definitely in my career that sometimes being that headstrong woman actually is a negative some like
0: mm-hmm. thing to have.
1: But it can also be a positive in both senses. Don't be afraid to be soft.
0: Mm. I agree.
1: Yeah.
0: I totally agree. We can
1: do both. Right?
0: Yeah. Of course, you yeah. can do both. You can. You can do both. And you, you can. can figure
1: out as, like, which ones to use when.
0: Exactly. 100%. 100%. But actually, yeah, not being afraid to be soft actually works quite well, too. I th- yeah. And then being, like, headstrong as well and being, like... Because I was a bit like that in my, job, my recent job. I was very, like, strong-headed. Mm. I knew what I wanted. I remember I was very i got on with the ceo so well like i still get on with like we still message now and again but he used to say to like other colleagues like oh kiev is very like i can't remember what the word was like strong or very like i don't know like, i i think what i kind of like not put on a front when i was when i first started but i was like okay i'm in a company with, with loads of men i don't want them to take advantage not in that sense but like take advantage of me because i am a woman maybe see me as weak so i I, I seemed overly confident or overly yes. strong yeah. just because I don't want them to be... I don't want them to see my weakness because as soon as men see some kind of weakness...
1: That's it. They're they all can, over it. 100%. Yeah.
0: So I had to be like, no, like, I know my... my I'm going to swear here. I know my shit. Like, don't... <laughs> don't do not you know what I mean? So, no, I get it. I totally get
1: yeah. what you mean. And it's so hard, mm. right? Like, you you can't do you find that you are constant because i do yeah you're constantly trying to find this balance between being soft and kind
0: yeah because you know that works
1: but equally you need to figure out when you have to be headstrong and 100%. then god forbid the amount of times when i've been too headstrong because like i said i kind of trial and error it right and then you've been too headstrong and you know i i've been like brought up like, oh, she's a bit, she's fit, mind my language. And, Fine. you know, I've been victimising. <laughs> I was like, mm. no, this is part of the job we have to do assessments. Yeah. But because you kind of think, okay, well, these people, I need to be a bit more headstrong. And then you realise, wait, that's not going to work. So then you switch it up again. Mm. And it's just the constant balance between the two. The two.
0: Interesting. And it, it gets, is. It gets hard. Mm. Yeah. It does. I think the moment it gets hard sometimes Know what, what type of person you want to be in a certain situation, you know, as well. Yeah.
1: I used to let my like, I am headstrong in general as a personality yeah. trait.
0: Like, even mm. if
1: you ask my parents about, like, yeah, when I've got my head set on something, yeah, you ain't changing it. Mm. And um, I had to learn at work when to let it go, yeah, and choose my battles, mm-hmm.
0: and that was hard. Yeah. So, leads me on to my next question. What advice would you give to the next generation entering their careers? Ooh. Hard one. Um, It is a hard one, actually. You know what? To be fair,
1: and I say it because I currently do some mentoring and stuff, I say it to all my younger colleagues that are coming through. Try and figure out You're not like, like I said earlier, no one knows what they're doing. Generally, people are going and trying and, you know, trying again.
0: Yeah. So
1: try and figure out kind of a vague outline of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, put the steps in place so that you have a goal. And not goals which are, like, five years down the line and, you know, a year down the line. Mm -hmm. Set yourself, like goals for the month yeah that feed into that bigger goal for yourself Mm -hmm. and you know i get loads of people in my job because like i said i'm in training but let's say more learning and development mentoring and stuff nowadays and uh, everyone goes oh yeah how can i get to you know the management role and they've only just started Mm -hmm. and i'm like hey it's great you want to get into the management role but where what niche this is a huge company You know, there are so many avenues you can take. Do you know where you want to go? And I was like, there's two things you can do, right? Um, You can let the company dictate where you're going to go. Or you decide and find all the points where you can build yourself up to be in the roles you want. Mm. And that's how I've done it. I found I was good at training. I was like, right, okay. Okay. So I want to be in development, I want to be in people management, change management, all these things. How am I going to get there? And then it was, okay, well, for two years I'll stay in this role. I don't need the title, but I'll gain the experience. Yep. What can the company give me in the experience? sense? My appraisals were never done, my boss telling me. Yeah. I told my boss where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And I found the courses and things I wanted to be in. Mm-hmm and I found the projects I wanted to help in, and I networked. So, one of the things I've always said to my mentees is, 50% of your job role, or even 60, depending, is your business as usual, day-to-day, mundane activities, Mm -hmm. which is the bit I got bored with. The other 25%, probably, is the job you want. And the other 10 to 25%, is networking
0: mm-hmm.
1: within your company, within your niche, wherever you can do it. Yeah. And then you'll start to make quick changes and jump from place to place in two years every time I a new job role. Well. But don't be so scared to switch, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like when you come out of uni, it's that traditional path of stick to what you know. Yeah. You know? You can't do this, you can't And this day and age, that is definitely out the window for the next generation coming. 100%. 100%. Like, you don't need to stick to what you know. There are opportunities out there that you can take. My biggest advice is have the courage to take them. Mm -hmm. Um, While you can. Yeah. And you can still have a job, still have income. But don't sacrifice the bigger goal for the current one. 100% 100% I
0: think mm.
1: that's how I would do it that's good advice yeah interesting but I don't know like I stumbled through mine and learnt
0: as I went it's fast with a lot of people though isn't it you just <laughs> you, you learn as you go I think a lot like a lot of us do
1: yeah find, find what works for you
0: yeah definitely
1: always always ask I'll tell you what actually one really good advice for those people that are coming up because they know that you're aiming for them Mm -hmm. and ask 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 and ask Mm. the internet is a great place you can learn a lot but the one thing the internet won't tell you is the mistakes that people made yeah save yourself time find someone in what you want to do and ask them about the mistakes they make not so that you can avoid mistakes but so you don't make the ones that waste your time. Yeah.
0: Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah,
1: If I know somebody who knows something more than me, I have no qualms about asking. Mm. I used to walk into the CEO's office and go, hey, I'm struggling with this project. I don't quite know. I can't get the answers I need. What do you need? How can I get there? Yeah. And he used to tell me. And even now that I'm leaving, even like the other day, he spoke to me in my office, gave me advice for my next career. And what steps to take. Because Mm -hmm. he knows. Mm. right? He's a CEO. He knows where to send you or what to kind of look at. Ask. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. Learn off the internet. But you won't learn mistakes.
0: Yeah. I feel like the internet, as much as it's a great place to learn things, I think it's quite limited, like you said. Mm. Like, it just doesn't tell you everything. People think it tells you everything, but it doesn't.
1: It will tell you the things you need to learn. But what it can't tell you... Is mistakes.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. 100%. Because they're different
1: for everything. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, who was or is, like, a role model or, like, a leadership mentor, like, to you?
1: So, a mentor... Generally, I've always learned to keep your mentors close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, I don't follow any celebrities and it's not Oprah and it's not these people that are so far-fetched from my reality. Yeah. Um, great for aspirational beliefs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't help me in my day-to-day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my mentors have been close to home. People I see on a daily basis. A couple of them from WAP. Yeah. One of them was a woman. Very exceptional woman. She was a force to be reckoned with. And she was a Business excellence mm-hmm. director at the time. Um, luckily, actually, in my workplace, as I've grown, um, you know, I think I was in one of the very rare places where there were more women in high positions than men. Interesting.
0: Um, That's an interesting fact.
1: And definitely, uh, one of the years it was fifty-fifty split mm-hmm.
0: easily.
1: Um. So I, I was surrounded by women who, you know, carved their own career paths mm. and worked their way up, were knowledgeable to the nth degree, and um, I very quickly realised that if I sat near these women, I would just be like a sponge. Yeah. And the way I am, like I said, I walk up into the office and ask questions, it's just mm-hmm. the way I am, and so I had a really good mentor for about three, four years, where she was just like, okay, what do you want to do in your career? We used to chat, we uh, used to talk about all the difficulties. And she, you know, she completely supported me.
0: That's great.
1: Not just in my career, but, you know, when things were hard at home, mm-hmm. just woman to woman, talking about stuff. Yeah. Um, very open to, you know, different difficulties that people have in their cultures. You know, she was very open to have those conversations and she was definitely one of the people that I admired
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and learned from. Even today, like, I know I can message her and be like, you know what, like, I'm starting this new job, um, kind of, you know, not sure what I'm doing, what... and I can easily just message her and go, hey, shall we catch up for a coffee? And Then she'll happily, like, be that mentor again. Um, and I think that's what you should have.
0: Mm-hmm. Mentors 100%. should be close to home. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, aspirational people you know you look up to can be the celebs the podcasters the yeah. people who think on the
0: same mind frame 100 percent. yeah yeah um so what are the ways that you stay grounded and like take care of yourself we touched a little bit on like self-care self-care um
1: i try to cut down my social media
0: yeah that's a good one actually um, although i do post yeah
1: most of the time i post for myself i i I don't post for people. Yeah, same with me. Generally, yeah. Um, because you just learn that why are we, Why do you want to post? Unless you are using it to expand a business or your brand yeah. or something like that, posting for people is actually not something I'm interested in. Mm. Um, it is more about expressing myself owning my like thought process and you know being a person that is confident to go this is who i am Mm. and i think grounding comes from that yeah um i don't watch any reality tv Mm. Uh, never have been into it yeah um because i feel that actually doesn't help me be grounded Yeah, I agree. It can picture, it can paint this picture, perfect thing that can be completely unattainable. Yeah. And it's all about the looks and stuff. It's not really about the personality Mm. side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try and stay away from that. My family and friends keep me grounded. Nice. Yeah. I have been very lucky have very good friends in my life
0: that's good I think that's always that's so important to have like good people around you as well
1: yeah always and I I say it to my family as well because I think with Indians there is that culture of you know family first Yeah. um everyone else next and that's great but if it's toxic it's toxic Mm -hmm. let's not sugarcoat it Mm. um so I've learned that you know I have a very small small group of friends um from all backgrounds like all walks of life that's nice yeah uh you know also have work colleagues that I would always keep in touch with because you know I've learned so much from them and then yeah my family keep me grounded too in the sense of just my parents have always been you know you don't need to show off you don't need to get involved in drama Mm. Um, I guess because of where we lived in Devon we were far fetched from the drama that you say, I'm pretty sure any Indian kid would know what I meant by the drama that you see Um, so yeah, I guess that's how I really keep myself grounded So where do you see yourself in like 5 to 10 years? Living in a castle far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh. Definitely probably at the top of my game in career-wise. Yeah. Um, I, I have a goal in mind. I know where I want to be. Yeah. Um, I think we spoke about it today or yesterday. Yes, we Just, did. I think we did. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I want kids. So I've always had this logic and God forbid my logical brain sometimes things are getting harder. We all mm. know it and I've always thought okay well but th- when I want kids I want to make sure that I am secure enough that I don't feel the burden financially of mm-hmm. having children. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, and that's nothing like harsh or right? like you know everyone has kids at different times and everyone makes do. It's just been something that's always been in my head. Yeah. So yeah uh, I'd say five to ten years time hopefully I've had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I am you know at the top of my career. Maybe have my own business by that
0: point, if things go well. I think you will.
1: Yeah.
0: From our discussion today, I think we will. Yeah, Mm. I think we will.
1: I think maybe 2024 we'll have a catch-up and
0: um, we can see how it's going. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's quite a good good idea, actually. Uh, Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Travelling a lot more.
0: Yeah, that's good. So we're coming towards the end of this episode. Um, And I always tell everybody, all my guests... um, so everyone knows the aim of this podcast is to aim um to inspire and like advise the younger generation. So like, what would you tell your younger self if you could talk to like your younger self? What would you say to her? Trust your gut instinct. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah,
1: I wish I trusted my gut instinct mm-hmm. way before because I think I would have been in a different place. Mm-hmm. So trust your gut instinct don't if, if you want to make something of yourself uh don't follow the conventional path mm-hmm. yeah have the nine-to-five job keep the cash flowing you need it it's fine but don't forget to do it for yourself it, it doesn't you, you know nowadays everyone talks about oh you want a business you want to make money whatever whatever your goal is fine but um, there are different ways to do that, and everyone has a different place they want to be. Mm. Uh, finally, you know, anytime comfort creeps in, uh, move, upstart, do something different. Yeah, comfort is your worst enemy. And like, yeah, I'm guessing this is to like keep people driven and things like that. And yeah. That's where you find you start expanding not just yourself mentally, uh, physically, things fall into place. It mm-hmm. might not seem like it, but they do. So, yeah, definitely uh, keep going.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, Ravita, for, you know, being a part of this whole journey with Women in Power uh, podcast series. So, yeah,
1: thanks. Yeah.
0: Thanks. If you're hearing this message you've listened to the entire episode and for that I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and I hope you enjoyed this new episode and if you did please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.